Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. It's Snaps, presented by FanDuel. Football season is here, and there's no better place to get in on that action than FanDuel. But why, T-Bob? Why? Well, let me tell you. Okay, first off, the app is safe, secure. It's easy to use, okay? FanDuel always has these great exclusive offers where you can get juice, win a little more. Uh, When you win, you'll get paid fast. No waiting, no BS. And they got a ton of ways to play, man. Spread, money line over, unders, totals, props, sim game, parlays, everything. Live betting. If you get to the show late, it doesn't matter. Just live bet it. They also have the teasingly vague same game parlay. Plus, I don't think it's a streaming service, but there's only one way to find out. It's by downloading the FanDuel Sportsbook app today, promo code SNAPS, and make every moment more this football season. Yo, what's happening, y'all? What's going on? What's up, what's up, what's up? Chris and David Dillon, Mills, Rob D, everybody else hanging out here with us today. It is uh, 1 p.m. East, 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central. And every day, that means we kick off a brand new episode of Snaps, your new favorite daily college football show. Uh, if you're listening to this on a podcast in the future, what up? I hope the future is cool. Um, I hope to be there as well pretty soon here. Uh, go ahead and sub to the pod if you're listening on Spotify or Apple and rate and review it as well. And as always, remember, FanDuel brings you snaps. So if you sign up uh, for the FanDuel Sportsbook and it's your first time, use the promo code SNAPS to get great deals in the form of like free bets, no sweat bets, all that good stuff. And shout out to the Volume Sports YouTube channel. Like, subscribe. Uh, shout out to Papa Colin as well. Now that that's all out the way, it is Tuesday, and on today's show, we're going to talk about, well, the end of an era, quite literally, when you're talking about the end of Bedlam. We'll look at a little UGA Mm -hmm. 2022 versus UGA 2021. Maybe nobody more uniquely qualified to do this comparison than uh, my partner and co-host in crime here, Aaron Murray. Deion Sanders rumors to Auburn? Huh? And... 
Aaron Murray's top five quarterbacks. We do it every Tuesday. And I think we're doing use your words today, Brum. Um, or no? That died. Maybe not. Died. That died. died. Okay. My, okay. Maybe tomorrow. Like died just for today, though. Okay. Just that. Okay. Okay. I, I like the I kind of like this yeah. segment, dude. And 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 my 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 uh, my white marker, my my whiteboard marker started working again. How about that? You revived your whiteboard off. marker. Your marker. No clue how. No clue how. I left. I didn't even know how this worked. Now I feel bad because I've thrown away a lot of my daughter's markers. But I left the cap off for a night. Uh, completely dried out. I was licking it, spitting on it. Nothing was working. And uh, <laughs> just put the cap back on it. A couple days later. The old girl moistened up once again. It's working great now. So, uh, you know, I guess, I don't know. Is there a life lesson to be drawn from any of this? Um, cap your markers, kids, I guess is the overall point of this. Uh, the point of this show, though, is to talk college football. Aaron Murray, what's up, dude? How are we feeling today? How was Daytona? Daytona, oh, baby. Uh, Daytona was fun. I'll tell you that. It was a good time. A Monday night at Daytona is could be more than what was expected. Uh, first off, I thought I was going into a very UGA-friendly crowd, and as soon as I walked downstairs of the hotel into like the essentially conference area where I'll be giving my speech for the Touchdown Club, I saw about 50 people wearing Florida gear. So I was like, I'm a little confused. I thought this was going to be Georgia-themed. Uh, it was just a generic quarterback club. So there was Florida fans, Tennessee fans, obviously some yeah. Georgia fans, FSU fans, UCF fans, Miami fans. So... I had to quickly readjust my speech because about 90% of it was about Georgia and how awesome Georgia was. So I'm like, <laughs> I don't know if that's going to be well received when 70% of the people here are Florida fans. So uh, I had to talk good about Florida and Tennessee and UCF and Miami and FSU and on and on and on and on. So, uh, but no, it was a good night, long night, early morning, uh, 6 a.m. wake up call. Dude, I've had like three straight 6 a.m. flights the past three days or four days. So. Hey, season QB1. Grind. Season grinding. Grind, baby. Grinding. Grinding here for snaps, making it happen, man. You want with the you want to you want to hoot with the touchdown club at night? You got to soar <laughs> with the snaps during the day, Aaron. It's a tale as old as time. Uh real talk though. Being in the diverse touchdown club rooms are the best because that's where the big money always is, right? Like, mm -hmm. sure, you can get big money guys in individual touchdown clubs that are tied to a school, but you're just pulling from a lesser pool of people. Like, I don't know if this is true, but I feel like the Little Rock touchdown club is is a bit like that as well, where it's just not strictly arts. And now it's got David Basil. It is obviously more maybe Arkansas-focused, but – there's obviously a lot of money in that room and they bring in people from all over and they get them to say hilarious and funny stuff. So uh, I'm glad to hear you had fun at Daytona, Aaron. Hell yeah. Um, dude, we, next I gotta time. Get, I got to get you to this touchdown club. I mean, they had That's some. I was going to say, dude, this tell is, the boys. This is the list of speakers they have this year. Reese Davis, myself, Shane Matthews, Houston Nutt, Chris Doring, Dari Noko, <laughs> Katie George, Marty okay. Smith. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. No, they that's an incredible them. lineup. Um, we'll sell them though. We need a we'll little I'll send them like, snaps. Yeah, I'll send them a little audition tape. Um, all right, yeah. let's dive into today's show. So, our fearless producer, Ryan Bumley. B Bumley, I'm sorry. Even Yikes. Next time you screw up, next time you screw up, wow. I'm going to call you Bumley. Uh, bro, <laughs> came up with an excellent title here. Bedlam, more like deadlam. As the first ever Snaps guest, Brett McMurphy once again breaks major college football news, as he seemingly always does. Uh, it looks like Bedlam will no longer be played. And if you're saying, well, it's that team, that's Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State 
And I want to start here, Aaron Murray. Um, I knew that I loved Bedlam in the same way that I love all college football rivalries in which my team isn't involved, right? The reason why rivalries are so great, even if you don't give a damn about either side playing, is that like a lot of our enjoyment of sports is directly related to our understanding of the stakes, of what's up for grabs, of the context of the game. So if I know that two sides hate each other down to their cores and they desperately want the other one to fail and lose. Like, even if I don't know any about where, if they're good or not that year, where they sit in the standings, like that right there is enough stakes and context to have me tune into a game and be pumped up to watch it, right? So I love robberies, man. We can all, we, we all know teams that we hate and you can almost identify with that hate when you see it on the television. So when I heard this was dying, I was bummed. I'm like, oh, man, that sucks. But I didn't think it was that big of a deal. But then I go and I start to read about it more. And I see that this game's been played since 1904. As McMurphy points out, three years before Oklahoma was even a state. It's been played 112 years in a row, Aaron. Uh, I believe, like, plastic was invented in, like, 1905. This series started before plastic, before sliced bread. This series started before the automobile, Aaron. and once I started diving into that, um, I'm not going to lie, man. This one hurts. It sucks. I love history. I love things that stand the test of time. And here yep. you have a football game that has improbably, and like it's seen the crea- it's seen two world wars. It's seen the creation of nuclear weapons. It has seen the Westphalian peace. It has seen so many things. And now it dies in the pursuit of money and realignment and i get it but it still pisses me off and it still sucks well I, what i want to know Tebow, is why this can't continue is is the question just because you're not on the same conference there's plenty of schools like even I'm, i guarantee with with the realignment with with texas and oklahoma jumping to the sec georgia will probably still play georgia tech one because it's an easy win so you don't want to lose that rivalry off your schedule i get that florida will continue most likely to play florida state that is at a conference that is sec versus ACC. So why, if, it, if, if, if the game is that special, which it is, it is, it is one of the premier rivalries, as you alluded to, the game's always electric. It always means something, whether, you know, one team's elite, the other team's not, both teams elite, both teams are garbage. Like it just, it means something to that state. Why would you not find a way to keep it alive? So I'm kind of confused about that. And I don't know if I'm missing something, or if I missed something when I was reading, well, but there's 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 other rivalries that are at a conference that are still going. So why can't we keep this one going? So to me, okay, I I think I think it's I, I think I see a couple things here. Now let's talk about their stated reason, right? Their stated reason is that scheduling is already taken care of. They're accounting for once Oklahoma leaves and goes to the SEC, they're accounting for their nine conference games, and then I think for the out of conference games, it's like. One group of five, one power five, and one um, uh, maybe FCS. I'll have to double check. But they are saying basically that they are scheduled out for 15 years uh, out of conference, right? And that if you're not in the conference anymore, then there's no way to change that scheduling and to justify playing one another. I got to be clear. I disagree with that, though, T-Bob. Yeah. I mean, look look what we did during COVID, for goodness sakes. I mean, we were able to reschedule and schedule games two weeks in advance. So yeah. no, I look, think I, the, if, if you wanted to make this thing happen, which I'm still confused why you wouldn't want to keep this for the fans, for the energy in the state, like there's no reason why 
that you don't have enough powerful people that said, okay, we're going to, we're going to realign some things at a conference and we're going to make sure this game is at some point during the season. And if we have to get rid of another game with, I mean, look at for, for good, for another example here, what just happened with the sec and, and with Georgia and who's the other school that essentially got rid of the game. I think it was Tennessee, was it Tennessee, Georgia and someone else got rid of the game for Oklahoma. That was an out of conference game. Yeah. That Sankey yeah. came out and said, Hey guys, we're getting rid of that out of conference game because it doesn't make sense. So they readjusted the schedule. Why can't you readjust your schedule? I think that's a BS excuse of, for some reason, not wanting to keep this rivalry alive. So I agree with you. I think I think it is a BS excuse, right? I think where there's a will, there's a way, right? Like in the same way that Oklahoma and Texas can all of a sudden say, okay, we're leaving for the SEC. Like you could keep this game on if you really wanted to. And that's where it becomes very disappointing ultimately. And that's where, to me, I think this is bad leadership on these schools' parts. Um, I make, make no mistake, there is an opportunistic edge to a lot of this when you read the quotes, right, where you have uh, the Oklahoma State AD basically saying, like, well, if Oklahoma wasn't leaving for the SEC, the game would still be on. You know, I'd love to play it, but this is one of the unfortunate consequences of them leaving. So it's like you already hate them. You want to make them look bad. You are using this in order to make them look bad. And Oklahoma saying the same thing. They're saying like, well, I mean, you know, Oklahoma State's not interested in pursuing it, et cetera, et cetera. So there's hate between the teams, the two schools. Both of them are kind of using this as a propaganda piece to blame the other side for not wanting to commit to it. And uh, again, I think there's also probably a bit of a competitive thing here. Aaron, where they're like, wait, hold on. Oklahoma's like, I'm in the SEC. Why do I want to challenge myself with one of my out-of-conference games being Oklahoma right. State, especially when I play another Power 5? And Oklahoma State's probably saying the same thing. I disagree with it. I just think yeah. mainly the kind of well, hate between this team. When you're, add, you're adding your you, – we are, we are going to be adding, you know, eight more teams to the playoffs. So I think, to me, this is an opportunity hmm. to – continue to provide what we all want is great football at the end of the day that's that's what we want like how do we get how do we get fans in the stadium how do we get people turning on the tv and as a way to obviously generate money and i think keeping a game like that alive obviously gets excitement and gets people's butts in the stands instead of just sitting at home watching the game so that was the whole point of or one of the points of adding more teams to the playoffs it's to uh, incentivize these schools to go out there and and you know have those tougher out of conference games because hey, you lose one or two. If you still prove to the committee that you're an elite team, you most likely you're going to find a way into the top twelve. Like if Oklahoma comes over to the SEC, fair. They're ten and two. Say they lose one game to an SEC team, they lose one game to Oklahoma State. They're still probably going to make it into the college football playoff at the end of the day. So yeah. once again, th this is all just cop outs. I think these are all weak ass excuses. And. If I'm a fan of either school and I've been a part of this, rivalry, I'll be furious. I'm sitting back. I'm furious. hundred percent furious. Like once again, there's yeah. prime examples of how this works. Florida, Florida state's not going anywhere. Georgia, Georgia tech is not going anywhere. Georgia plays an sec schedule. Florida plays an sec schedule. You don't see them bitching and moaning, trying to get out of those games. Sure. So well, I mean, Georgia, Georgia tech well, probably you know, should I get go it. Somewhere. Georgia, of course, is not going to try to get out of the Florida's not trying to get out of the Florida state game. Clemson, South Carolina. Clemson, yeah, South no, no, no. I feel you. Look, look, and these things come in waves. When we were in high school, yeah. Georgia Tech was actually winning these games for a couple of years. So, like, you know, all, all these rivalries can kind of 
go back and forth when you look at like over long term, right? Not just like short term views. But yeah, I mean, Aaron, to me again, I, yeah, I, I think bad leadership and basically just looking to use this as an opportunity to shit on your rival as opposed to uh, you and your rival reaching an agreement for the fans. I think that is the main issue here. And I wish it was the case because money rules all of this, right? Money's the reason for yep. realignment. That's why this is all going down. I wish, and, and, and I have to imagine that for whatever this game is worth, that a one game sample size, maybe that's like the, just the, the, the gate from the ticket, right? Like the money that you actually make off the ticket sales, concessions, whatever, that whatever you make there, they're saying it's good and maybe it's slightly better than playing uh, like, uh, I don't know, uh, Western Michigan or something, but it's not mm-hmm. that much better. And so they would rather get a win, crap on their rivals by blaming them for all of this and just move on. And uh, I, I think it's bad for the product. Uh, like you said, it's it's awful from a fan perspective. And these rivalries on the college level, especially where rivalries really engage in things like geography, it can extend to all sorts of sports. It can extend to academics. It can extend to defining your personality. You're not married from someone from the other school. You buy one of those cheesy house divided stickers and flags like 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 yep. in college, especially where you defined yourself a lot of times through these schools, losing this sort of stuff. This is the brutal part of the modernization and the professionalization of college sports is that you are going to lose a bit of the quirkiness that we celebrate here. And I think of some of the quirkiness that attracted us to the sport in the first place. What really sucks, Aaron, is that I also feel like there's just nothing like there's no way to change this. There's no way of changing. No, Maybe if like people it. applied is- enough. Uh, well, if the presidents yeah. want to do, but how do you get them to act? How, how, how do you get them to act? The ads or the I presidents? Mean, everyone like, in the state. Maybe the fans have position. to get involved. Yeah, yeah, I think the fans need to get involved. Like if, if 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 I guarantee you, if I mean this would never happen, but like say crazy example, Georgia, Florida, Florida decides screw the SEC, we want to go to the Big Ten. Um, there would be a petition for all Florida fans and Georgia fans to make sure that that game in Jacksonville or wherever it was going to be, whether Athens or in Gainesville, would stay alive. It, you know, being a part of this rivalry, it's just, it would be crazy to me as someone who grew up watching the game, of uh, someone that played in it, that experienced it as a player and a fan, that that game would no longer exist. Like there would literally be millions of fans that would be crying and so disappointed and be willing to do anything to keep that rivalry alive. And I can only imagine that this game, Bedlam, Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State, has that same type of feel. And maybe even more because both teams reside in the same state. So if you're a fan, do something about it. That's my message. Go out there and find a way, you know, hit up the politicians, sign some papers, and let's get this thing going. Because I just, to me... I like it. Just it's I know LSU protest. That rivalry. Yeah, I don't. I know LSU doesn't have that big time rivalry, T. Bob. But no. just as someone who's been we're a the part drunk of guys, one, like it, you can't you can't go away from it. We're the drunk guys at the bar. Uh, we'll fight everyone, and we hate everyone. Uh, Ole Miss, you can catch these hands. Alabama, you could definitely catch these hands. Florida, you can certainly catch these hands. Uh, Dilly Sanders says Oklahoma leads all time 90 to 19. I did not realize that. That would also explain Oklahoma using this as an opportunity to be like, or Oklahoma State using this as an opportunity to be like, I mean, they're the ones that left the conference, and then they're not going to be that mad about losing it. Either way, this sucks, but it is a sign of the time, right? 
and I don't know that anything's going to change it. And uh, it sucks in a lot of ways. You know who doesn't suck, Aaron Murray? UGA. In fact, here in the chat, motivated, dedicated, says, UGA 15-0, we have taken over college football. Ox in the shop says, I have a $100 bet with my brother. I say UGA goes 12-0. He thinks we lose one. All right, Georgia. This is what I was always worried about. As soon as Georgia finally got there, you already had so much irrational self-belief, right? As soon as you finally got that championship post-Herschel, I knew all these crazies would come out in the woodwork. Uh, Georgia's the best thing to ever grace college football. Uh, Air Murray is this year's Georgia team going to go undefeated when last year's Georgia team couldn't go undefeated. Well, first, I just want to give a shout-out to Mind Not For Rent in the chat. Uh, T-Bob talking about LSU catching hands. They go catching those hands would not be uh, much as those hands okay, as small okay, as those okay. hands are. <laughs> okay, okay, Tommy. He says as small as those hands are. I'm sorry I stepped all over you there. He's making fun of me for having tiny hands. Okay, oh. let it be known. So running bit on my show. Look how messed up my pinky is. Oh, that's amazing. But, amazing. But whatever. The amazing. point is, the point is, I have nine-inch hands. As evidenced by the LSU Pro Day, do you know who else has nine-inch hands, Aaron Murray? Joe freaking Burrow, baby. That's right, baby. Joe Burrow, tiny-handed king. Nine inches <laughs> on the dot. So I will not He's accept the king it in Burger King. Yes, we are all nine-inch kings. So what are you, what are you in the nine-inch nine hand club? If he's the king, what, what's your role? I'm like uh, John the Baptist. I pave the way for all the tiny-handed boys out there uh, <laughs> to to kind of get 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 away from this societal shaming that seems to haunt us at every turn. Oh, what is your uh, what what is your hand size measured? I know, was obviously uh, like you do I the combine. Nine, nine and a quarter, nine and a quarter. So a quarter. Okay, inch, dude. If you want to join the club, bro, I no, allow no, nine I'm, and I'm a quarter in. Nine. It's nine I'm and a quarter. Nine. See, and you're the worst. You're a self-hating tiny-handed boy. Here you sit <laughs> with your tiny hands barely longer than ours, but you're no, no, you you want to keep us down so you can be a part of the big boys. But guess what? They don't want you, Aaron. Okay. Oh, they want the me. ten-inch club, the nine and a half club. They don't want you, bro. I'm telling you. Okay, but that's fine. <laughs> when when you get shunned and made fun of for your tiny hands, you know who will be waiting for you. Well, I'll be, I'll be welcome kings. in the kingdom. I'll be here. I'll be uh, here. I, yes. I appreciate you welcome me into the kingdom. All right. Well, let's, yes. let's get You're back like to the prodigal son. You can come back into the fold. I hate to interrupt this conversation, but Aaron Murray measured at the combine at nine and one eighth, not nine and one Oh, there we Ooh. go. Yes. Yeah, see, Damn, bro, bro. that is the exact shit I'm talking about right there, dude. He is a self hating, tiny handed like boy. Aaron, are you Damn. ready to recount now? Are you ready to join the nine inch king? Still an eighth of an inch ahead of oh, the nine. I, oh my god! Are inch you kidding me? Right club. Now? That's all I'm saying. Unbelievable, unreal. Um, all right. Well, um, go on with your Georgia right, let me, let me get whatever. Back to the, the the goodness of what Georgia football is right now, and, and give me my moment to shine here. <laughs> so the big topic is the big question is who would win a football game? Like if we put. Last year's 2021 football team on the field versus this year's 2022 football team for Georgia, who would win that matchup? So let's let's compare defense last season with with those guys, Nicobe and and the big guy and 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 the six first rounders. Um, I still think right now, I think I'd give a slight edge to this year's team. 
Uh, I think in today's game, this offense, year's team, really this year's team, I think you give an edge to do offense and in, in, in today's game right now, I think the offense has taken such a massive step in the right direction and look at last year's games, what killed this defense. It was offenses that could throw the ball vertically down the field and offenses that had playmakers, Alabama, and the SEC champion game, Alabama, even the natty in that first half before, you know, their top receiver went out with an injury. They were moving the ball against Georgia's defense a little bit. They were going to be able to put some points on the scoreboard. I think Georgia's offense with the playmakers at receiver, obviously with the development of the tight ends, with with Stetson's growth as a quarterback, would be able to put up some numbers against last year's defense. I'm not think, I'm not saying they're going to score 30 or 40 points, anything like that, but I think they could score in the high 20s. And I think this year's defense is good enough to slow down last year's offense to keep them in like the high teens. So I think to me, that's how I look at the game. It'll be a close game. It'll be a great mm. game. Two phenomenal football teams. I think both these teams will go down as, you know, two of the top 10 teams we've seen the past decade. But I would give the edge because of the offense and what they're doing right now and how much I've seen from the defense this year to this year's team if I put them in a head-to-head battle. So with that being said, going to your original question, T-Bob, I think this year's team will continue to prove that by going 15-0 and this year. They run the table. They go 12-0. and They're better than Alabama. They were better than Alabama last year, but I think they're even that much better this year. They win in, they win in Atlanta. They win in the playoffs. They end up winning the national championship. So 15-0 versus 14-1, better offense. Ooh. I think at the day wins it head-to-head. 15 and oh, 15 and oh. I mean, the math is not on your side there, uh, simply because it just doesn't happen that often. Um, I feel your overall point, though. You're saying that Stutson get an entire offseason as QB1, and yes. the improvement that Stequavius has shown us, that improvement, uh, outweighs whatever step back you've taken defensively, which still remains well, to be I don't seen. Think, I don't I know mean, if they because, step back defensively. Well, that, yes. Well, that, well no, that's yeah. what I mean. That's what I, I mean, I, that's why I say remains to be seen. But I think the yeah. idea in most people's head is that the defense took a step yeah. back because how could it not? You lost so many guys, right? You you only returned four. Now, obviously, as we've talked about plenty on this show, you only returned four, but the four you return are all like first-round big candidates in their yeah. own rights, and you replace them with other guys who look like they will one day play on Sunday. So you were saying unequivocally that you believe that UGA 2022 is better than UGA 2021. Yeah. What about Jermaine Burton? There's a reason why he left. I think he, he based <laughs> on what I've seen so far early in the season, he may have been saying like, man, there's not enough footballs to go around, especially with all the tight end depth uh, and how much UJ wants to get those tight ends of football. So, you know, would Georgia's offense be better if Jermaine was still here? Probably. But, you know, I think having Kyrus Jackson healthy right now has been a huge addition. He was going to be one of their premier guys last year, was banged up for the majority of the year. I think A.D. Mitchell's probably the best guy on that roster and has the most potential. I love what Lad McConkey's doing right now. So as a collective unit of skill, like if you clump them all together, receivers, running backs coming out of the backfield, uh, and then obviously those tight ends, it's probably the best skill group in the SEC. I think LSU receivers are legit. I love Mississippi State's receivers. But as a collective unit, tight ends, receivers, backs, I think Georgia's probably has the best in the country, not just in this, in this conference, but across uh, all conferences. It's just – 
it's just it's been really fun to watch what Todd Munkin has been able to do moving guys around. I mean, I was watching the film again this morning, and even the touchdown pass Ugh. to Brock. You know, Brock flexes out. You get a linebacker or a safety against him. You got a, a zone concept on one side. You got a man-to-man beater on the other side. The, you know, South Carolina decides they want to bring all-out cover zero blitz, inside leverage. That's easy pickings for Stetson. He just throws it up, and Brock makes guys look silly. When you have a tight end that's taking jet sweeps and reverses and then winning one-on-one battles on the outside, how do you guard that? How do you game plan against that? Yeah. I just – I don't even know if last year's defense, once again, like I said, could slow them down enough where they wouldn't score in the high 20s or low 30s, even against a defense that has six first-round draft picks. So they're scary good, man. I, I just I Alabama it. continues to show some weaknesses. Ohio State, you know, I we'll see as they continue again to conference play. Michigan, same thing there. USC is intriguing to me, as we know. Oklahoma and Clemson, we'll find out, but. Right now, I just there's there's a one A and it's Georgia and it's just a, a, a I think a little bit of a drop after that. It's funny because my co-host Jake Hester talked about the same thing this morning in terms of uh, putting it in a tier list, and um, be careful, Aaron. Okay, when all of you Georgia boys out there and girls to be careful uh, because you're only a year or two away from turning into the very monsters that you used to fight. If I would look into my crystal ball here and peer into the hazy, clouded, multidimensional future, it looks painfully clear that in two years now, Sanford Stadium will be full of old, rich, corporate white people. In two years now, when you don't get a first down, you're going to be yelling for the firing of the offensive coordinator. In two years, when you only win by 30, you're going to be pissed and asking Kirby, what's wrong? How did, I thought this team wasn't any good. How did you win by 30? You are going to become that which you have hated for so many years. You are going to become Alabama. I don't think it's hate. I've, 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 never, hate. I've never seen it before. NBA. I think mm-hmm. it's. Oh, I yeah. think everyone that I think mm-hmm. I don't think anyone hates what Alabama's built. I think mm-hmm. everyone's envy of it, of it, and that's why you see mm-hmm. so much turnover at the at the head coaching positions because everyone wants that. Like everyone wants yeah. to win by thirty every single week. Everyone wants to know that hey, yeah. my team's going to be in the playoffs. My team has going to have a chance uh-huh. to win a national championship. Like, there's no hate for that. Like, no one hates the fact that Alabama steamrolls everyone for the past ten to fifteen years. They want that. They want that success. They want to be the big bully that walks off the bus, that walks into the stadium with their shoulders back, their head up high, saying, we're about to beat your ass. Like, that's Make what no everyone mistake. wants. Everybody wants it, but not everyone can have it. And let yep. me be the first. When you don't have it, you do hate them, okay? You're going through the rare thing right now where you're joining the billionaire club. So all of a sudden you're mm-hmm. like, yeah, I don't really think billionaires should be taxed that high. Like, what are we talking about here, right? Billionaires are just like the rest of us. They're good people. Well, you know, we're all standing out here like, no, F that, dude. Come on, I'm paying this percentage of my money. You should be blah, blah. No, 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 no. You, you're, you're, you're going the billionaire route, okay? And, and all I'm saying is just know it's going to come with a lot of hate. And it doesn't mean everybody doesn't want it. Of course we do. Everybody wants to be oh, yeah. nationally relevant year in and year out. You think, it's you a think great Alabama experience fans are bitching as a fan. about the past 15 years? You think they're bitching about the past 15 years? They're like, this has been the best 15 years yeah. in Alabama history. And what do you think they're also, do you not also think that they are the most miserable fan base out there? 
No, I don't. They get so mad about the littlest things. Um, they're not fun to talk every, to because they have no perspective. Fan, Their conversations are about, should I buy plane thing. tickets to wherever the national championship is at the beginning of the year? That's not a real conversation. It's a conversation that the common man cannot relate to. All I'm saying is, dude, invite me to the yacht every now and then when you're there, but I'm going to shit in the toilet and leave the heater on and not flush, okay? Because fuck not your boy. That's how I feel. <laughs> Listen, it is sweeter when it's more rare. I mean, to win once, I mean, the, to not win a national championship for 41 years and yep. to do what Georgia did last year made it like, I mean, that was sweet. And then being in Indianapolis, I will go to your point, like there were not a lot of Alabama fans there. Like they're saying like, We've won natties. It's 15 degrees in Indianapolis. Do we really want to go to this football game? Probably not. We'll just wait till next year when I think it's in what, Vegas or California, one of the two, whatever. When it's a little bit warmer and sunny, we'll save our money and we'll fly out to the West Coast. I get that. But it's also a good feeling to know that you're the biggest, baddest mother effer out there and that everyone's scared of you. Everyone talks about you. Everyone wants to be you. You're the pretty girl that everyone wants to take the prom. Like that is what Alabama's been. They're the gold standard that everyone talks about, wants to be about, that's on TV 24-7, that gets all the love, that gets all the notoriety. Like and everyone else is kind of sitting in the corner wishing, twiddling their thumbs, wishing that they were Alabama, trying to fire their coach to figure out who's going to be the next next Nick Saban. Georgia hit gold. Fight me. Kirby Smart is going to be the next Knicks. Save it. So we're the now the pretty girl and prom that everyone wants to take. And uh, at look, least look, 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 second tier of that. Look, look, look. I get it. Okay. I experienced a year of that glory. I was like some tech bro that made it big in the stock market for a little bit before I lost everything. And it was awesome while I was there. Make no mistake. I talked so much trash everybody i'll never forget when i went to a wedding in columbus georgia and it was my old college roommate and another one of my old roommates and so we were the only lsu fans that were surrounded by georgia auburn everybody else i yelled neck to everybody at that wedding for hours it's one of the greatest days of my life and so i completely understand it but i also understand what it's like to be on this side the common man okay the kid in the corner looking at the popular kid out there in his convertible in his cool letter jacket getting all the hot girls. And guess what? All I'm saying, Aaron, eventually when you've banged everybody, you're going to realize there's not a lot of substance there. Okay. You're going to realize, <laughs> man, all this money and I'm still unhappy. We'll see. We'll see. It. We'll That's see. right. Uh, and, and by the way, uh, none of this counts. Hold on, none of this counts. If Brian Kelly ends up making LSU really good in national champions, I agree. Then well, none of this counts because it's all super fun and fuck all y'all. I hope we win every year. So Ox in the shop in the chat asks, how many how many natties is is Kirby going to win? I could see him winning three, another two or three, which is a lot. I mean, that's that's a ton of national championships, especially in Georgia's history. It's going to get harder though. I do think. You know, obviously, with the addition of more teams in the playoffs, that's just more opportunities to possibly lose games. Uh, with the conference realignment, it's the conference is going to be stronger than it's ever been, especially with the addition of Oklahoma and Texas. And if Texas can ever get back to what Texas was, which maybe they are, maybe they're not, I don't know. I do agree. I think Brian Kelly at LSU is going to make that program extremely, extremely good here uh, in the next couple of years, if not even sooner than that. We may see some more progress this season. 
So I think it's going to be harder than ever to win a national championship. So I think that hinders him from being, you know, that guy that wins five plus like Nick Saban has. But, you know, if, if Kirby wins, shoot, if Kirby wins another national championship, he will be the greatest coach in Georgia history. He will have one more than Vince. So to yep. have an opportunity to win two or three more and get your total to three or four, um, man, there's going to be multiple statues and there are probably going to be some streets named after you in Athens. Um, my number, for instance, T-Bob's the guy that concertain those rock stars are miserable once you get past the fame, money, and groupies. That's the thing, though. A lot of those rock stars do end up saying that. But yes, it's kind of my entire point. What up, y'all? T-Bob here from your favorite new college football show, Snaps, here on the Volume Sports Network. And check it out. Right now, all FanDuel customers get a no-sweat bet, okay? That means free bets back if your bet doesn't win for everybody. I don't care if you're new. I don't care if you've had FanDuel for a while now. Just log into your account. See how much your no-sweat bet will be. And look, there's so many different great ways to bet on college football. Same game parlays. I would do a little live betting. I gave you the Tiny Penix Pump Parlay just last week. Uh, futures, like whatever you want. This weekend, early best bet here, folks, okay? USC minus six and a half gets Oregon State. I like Oregon State. I get it. But them little Trojan boys are rolling right now, okay? Go ahead and hop on it. And if you've been thinking about joining, join now. Promo code SNAPS. Sign up for the FanDuel Sports. We got promo code SNAPS. Get that no sweat bet and check it out. Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Number one bet of the week last week was Kansas plus nine against Houston. What'd they do? They won by 18. And guess what? FanDuel live in Kansas. Any surprise they're good again? I don't know. It says here in the script, emphasize reasons below for people in Kansas to sign up. Okay, I know what Kansas is famous for. Barbecue, Kansas Dirt Cake, Sunflower State, Wheat Production, The Wizard of Oz, Plain Indians, Wells, Wichita. Shout out FanDuel. Shout out Kansas. Download it today. No sweat bet. Promo code SNAPS. Fiddle. JLab has something for everyone with earbuds and headphones that are as versatile as you are. Perfect for calls, listening to podcasts, and working out. They are built for every single moment. JLab is proud to partner with powerhouse college athletics. UCLA, Duke, Gonzaga, Indiana, St. John's, TCU, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Minnesota, San Diego State, and more. From lively tailgates, to coaches play calling and courtside rivalries to college athletics and IL deals. JLabs joins the action and connects with 182 million plus college sports fans nationwide. They're excited to partner with 17 D1 college schools showcasing their passion and loyalty of fans and athletes across the United States. Whether creating cutting edge tech products or pursuing athletic greatness, being the best takes hard work and commitment. JLab is proud to partner with schools who are showcasing the hard work, perseverance, and even the championship celebrations across all college sports. Use code SNAPS25 for 25% off your order. Visit JLab.com to find your kind of tech. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older, and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA 
for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. SS Austin says, listening to this as an Auburn fan is not fun. SS, we've talked about Auburn a lot this week. It's it's rough out there for y'all. We understand that on this show, okay? Y'all are between a rock and a hard place. But how about this, SS Austin? There is a little report out there today. Then I'll see how you feel about it. Pick your brain on it too. Deion Sanders, Saturday on South, Deion Sanders, and 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 some ancillary ways is not too serious yet, but his name, there's coaches, uh, job, there's jobs opening up. He's done a really good job at Jackson State. People have proposed the idea of Deion Sanders and the SEC. Um, Aaron, is this a good idea? Is Deion Sanders a legitimate SEC coaching candidate? And how do you feel about him? I guess answer that first. And then yep. how do you feel about him at Auburn specifically? I, I don't know if Dion wants that because I think where he is now to, to jumping in the SEC is it, it's a pretty big leap when it comes to responsibilities, when it comes to uh, the amount of time that you have to put into just a day-to-day grind of uh, dealing with boosters and presidents and academics and recruiting and this headache and that headache and that headache. it becomes less of a I'm not saying what he's doing is a hobby, but it it, it definitely increases a lot more. And I think Dion's a hell of a, a human being. He's obviously doing a hell of a job there at Jackson State. I believe they're undefeated right now at three and zero. They will continue to have a lot of success there. They had the number one recruit in the country last year. That DB that went past Alabama and Florida State and said, No, 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 I'm going to go with yeah. Dion and learn from the greatest of all time. But does he want to take on that headache? Is he willing to commit to everything that that, that a, a, a coach at this level has to do in order to be successful? And if he is, then hell yeah, go after Dion. Uh, it'd be almost like the um, – it's, it's almost like the contract that the Cardinals forced their quarterback to sign. Where hey we're going to require you to study four hours of film a week. Like if you can ask Dion, like hey guy, we love you, we love your personality, we know kids are going to love you, but at the end of the day, like what you're doing at Jackson State is going to be times ten if you come to the SEC. Are you willing to make that sacrifice? Are you willing to put in those hours? And if he is, 
then hell yeah, bring him to the SEC. It would be phenomenal to add his personality. I think he'd be great. I think you could obviously recruit at extremely high level, uh, especially if he has the resources that he'd be able to have here in this conference. But it's all up to him if he's willing to make that jump with the requirements of being a, a, a coach in the SEC. Uh, real quick, Aaron, uh, update on the poll here. Shout out to everyone who voted. How big are Aaron's hands? Nine inches have won over nine and a quarter, uh, 62% to 37%. Um, yeah, look, as far as Dion goes, you, I think I think you hit the nail on the head. Like right now, I think we don't know. Is Dion doing this because he loves football and because he also wants to have a positive effect on the community and the HBCU community specifically, which it feels like has been a lot of his motivation, right, Aaron? Or does he have the greater aspirations of being known as a yeah. great football coach in the Power Five? Even then, though, bro, I mean, there's like, I get it. Dion has the self belief required, he has the confidence yeah. required to go into Auburn and and compete with Alabama, like on the recruiting trail and everything. And dude, it would make the Aflac commercials awesome, right? Even better if here he got Saban and the Duck and Dion and they're literally at Auburn, Alabama. But outside of that, I just don't see a fit at all. Mm-hmm. Um, the Auburn brand is not the Dion brand. Let's be painfully clear about that, right? When I used to go to Auburn for recruiting visits in high school, we would like go out shoot and skeet. I, I remember seeing this this blonde college girl that blew my mind because I thought she was so good looking at the time. And then she proceeded to throw in the fattest dip that I've ever seen, uh, <laughs> at least the fattest female lipper that I've ever seen. I still remember to this day. It's mind blown. It's like seared into my head. Um, and the point of that did is you, that's you, not really prime to her? Did you did you did you propose <laughs> to her after that? I mean, I could see T Bob uh, seeing that and saying, "Please marry me and have my children t- right now." High school chubby T-Bob was entirely too insecure to even talk to this woman. Uh, this was all viewed uh, from across the conversation circle. Um, so, no, unfortunately not. But I would love to uh, see. But the point I would is, love, so, so Kirby Visor brought up a good point. Like, I would love to see Dion essentially put the middle fingers up at all the boosters at Auburn. I think he would. Like, I think if you brought Dion in – I think he has the, uh, the the brass balls to essentially look at those boosters and say, guys, I'm running this program how I want to run this program. I agree with that. You brought yeah. in prime time, and maybe that's yep. what they need. Yeah. Maybe they yeah. need someone like that that's literally just going to do what he wants to do. He's not going to bend over backwards for Yellowwood or this guy or that guy who's paying Auburn X amount of dollars every year. He's going to say, <laughs> no, like this is – I'm Dion. I'm prime time. This is my show. And I'm going to run this the way I want to run it. And that, I think that's what Auburn needs. They need someone like that. And once again, man, it's like how much effort, how much does he want to put into it? Because he can't just roll in there whenever he wants. I think that's going to be easy pickings. He does carry an interesting amount of risk, too. Even though, look, I'm someone who I, I am a, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not agnostic. I guess I'm very, I can't remember the exact phrase that I stole from Malcolm Gladwell, but when it comes to hiring, um, oh, I'm a hiring nihilist, okay? Like, I don't believe that our best practices actually lead to the best people getting the job. I think we see that all the time. I just think talent evaluation and hiring are like such a sketchy process. That said, 
a lot of people don't believe that. And so they do get married to metrics when deciding who to give this job to. And I feel like Auburn fans, look, SS Austin says it right here in the chat. This next hire is make or break for our future. And it really is for the Auburn football program. And Dion's resume, while nice, 18 and five overall, including this year, he went from four and three in 2020 to 11 and two last year, nine and oh in the SWAC, 2021 SWAC coach of the year, a nice resume, but a pretty small resume in terms of what a jump up in job it would be. So I don't know that even then the powers that be would go ahead and extend it. Uh, last thing on Dion, hey, I'll say this. Scott, uh, Brian Scott. Yeah. Brian Scott in the chat brought up where does the idea come from that he doesn't put in the hours i'm not saying like he doesn't grind like i'm sure he is in there watching film doing everything necessary i mean there's a reason why they're having as much success there at jackson states because he's a i'm sure a heck of a coach we know he can motivate the players and i'm sure he's implementing a great game plan week in and week out but there's just a lot more essentially bs that you have to deal with of being a head coach at a place like Auburn or anywhere in the Power Five, especially in the SEC, way more That's politics. More what I'm way more with. politics. Not, yeah, way more politics. It's not the X's and O's. Like once again, Dion yeah. knows football. He knows the game. He loves the game, and I'm sure he puts in just as much work in that part of of coaching as 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 any Power Five coach. It's not that. It's dealing with the off the field nonsense that these SEC coaches have to deal with. Does he want that headache? Is what I don't know if he's willing to sacrifice because it's a lot and it's stressful. It's a pain in the ass. No one wants to do the politicking and it's, yeah. it's kind of a requirement if you want to be a coach in this conference. Uh, Parker Houston says uh, they should just go hire Gus again. LMAO. Uh, I, I, I will say this. They probably should have never fired Gus in the first place. I get it. I mean, I, I do understand the recruiting, the offensive line. Like I get the arguments that, that Auburn fans have put to me as to why they did. But sometimes you can be so close to a situation that we almost have to take you off the case. And so I don't know. All right, we got a few minutes left here. Uh, It is time. We do it every single Tuesday for Aaron Murray's top five quarterbacks. And we're going to go five to one. So on a week-to-week basis, which QB1s impressed our QB1 the most? Let's start at number five. Number five. I'm going to go with Vandy. How about the Vandy boys? How about it? win total for the year was two and a half. They got that magical three, three wins in September for Vandy. Congratulations to them uh, with a big win, comeback win versus Northern Illinois. But A.J. Swan was not the starter to start the season. Freshman Mike Wright came in. He was the guy. He was dominating. He was using his legs. He couldn't be stopped. We were all loved on him. Well, the issue was <laughs> if they ever get behind, he ain't much of a thrower. Throw. <laughs> AJ Swan is a damn good throw. He was making plays left and right last week. Uh, really impressed. Big kid. Uh, my favorite play was he was kind of had some pressure. He literally threw a defender off his back, rolled to his left, and threw an absolute dime in the back of the end zone for a touchdown. Led the team back. Got that third win, uh, 18 to 28. So uh, big, big props to him. Uh, Vandy has a quarterback. I just want to see them maybe implement both of them because I do think they're going to have to run the ball effectively in SEC play if they're going to want a chance to get any more wins this year. But, hey, they they got over their Vegas total, so I'll give them props on that. All right, oh. number four, unless you yep. want some some talking points on that one, T-Bob. No, I was just going to go number four. Number four, uh, Jalen Daniels, uh, last week versus Houston for – them Jayhawks undefeated, you, uh, 14 at 23, three touchdowns, another two on the yep. ground. Kansas yep. under f- 
freaking feed it. Kind of the theme right now for number four and five. Teams that aren't supposed to be winning, they're winning. And why are they winning? Because the most important position in, in football, the quarterback, is producing. And big shout-out to him. Big shout-out to Kansas and what they're doing. Um, big game this weekend. Undefeated Kansas versus undefeated Duke. Two basketball powerhouses going at it on the field. We'll see who comes out victorious. I got my money on Kansas, and Daniel's having another big, big afternoon. Uh, number three, I'm going to go Dylan Gabriel there at Oklahoma. Watch this game live. Uh, I was, you know, you know me. I was, I was, I was with the former Frosty Boys. I was hoping Nebraska would pull out a big victory at home, and Dylan yeah, Gabriel no somehow sprouted legs and was running like a man on fire. That 61-yard touchdown was amazing. 16 to 17, two touchdowns. Um, another theme of this is quarterbacks being paired with former coaches. And we're seeing that Oklahoma right now, his comfort yeah. level in the offense, his maturity in the offense, you know, he's got weapons from stoops to Mims and they look like they are rolling right now on both sides of the football. So big shout out to him. Big, big game. Number two, I told you he was going to have a big day. Bo freaking Knicks. Big, big game versus BYU. Doing it with his arm, doing it with his legs. Five total touchdowns, two through the air, three rushing. He's a good quarterback, just not versus Georgia. And the good thing for Bo, he's not going to have to face the dogs until they possibly play them in the playoffs. So he can breathe, he can relax, and he can continue to put up incredible numbers, which I expect him to do throughout the season in that conference. There's a reason why he went to the Pac-12. He knew he was going to put up video game-like numbers weekend and week out so big shout out to bo nicks great game huge win for the ducks they're rolling right now that byu game was yeah, impressive yeah, yeah. to watch and then number yeah, one yeah, yeah hold on hold on hold on you just want the ducks Go to be ahead. good for your bulldogs relax dude okay relax no My but bulldogs i look are good I, this, with or without the ducks that's fair that's fair uh this this is worth pointing out for bo nicks Against Georgia, to your point, uh, 56% completion, 173, no touchdowns, two picks, 85 rating. Uh, against Eastern Washington, he completed 84% of his passes for five touchdowns. And the other day, 72% of his passes, 12 yards per attempt, and another two touchdowns, no picks. Both QB ratings jumped from 80 to over 200. So, yes, uh, the question is answered. It was less about Oregon and more about Georgia. J-Way Trucking LLC says, Vandy going to give Alabama a little scare Saturday. Look, let's not let A.J. Swan, let's not let QB1 get you too fired up here. I like A.J. Swan, too. It's cool. I love Vandy hitting their win they total. Spread, I don't though. think That's I, a lot of points. That's a lot of points. No, 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 but he said going to give them a scare. He didn't say cover. No, he didn't no, say no, cover. No, no, I no. mean, that's, yeah. Yeah, they ain't going to give no scare. That's all I'm saying, dude. Uh, no, there you go, Bilbo Baggins. This is this is binding. He says, if Vandy beats Bam, I'm letting T-Bob peck me. There you go. Easy money. And the number one quarterback of the week, according to Snaps QB1, Aaron Murray is... Number one QB this week, Michael Penix Jr. Washington, massive win versus Michigan State. My man was on fire. Uh, I, had a, I had a chance to watch him back at Indiana. I had one of their games and was really impressed with them as, as everything you want. He's a Tampa boy, so that's probably why I like him a little bit better as well. Uh, 400 okay. yards passing, four touchdowns, and another theme of today's top five, quarterbacks being reunited with their coaches, being familiar with the offense, the verbiage, the 
the reads, the progressions. Uh, Kalen DeBoer back there, uh, there his first year as, as coach of Washington. You see the progression him with 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 Michael Penix Jr. Ten touchdowns, one it this year. Pac-12, baby, you got some quarterbacks. Pac-12 may have some of the yeah. best quarterbacks in the country this year. They're showing out to start the season. So congratulations, sir. You have earned snaps, QB number one. for the, You know what we should do, T? We should send some snaps, QB of the week award t-shirts out to our players. Oh, I was going to say that we just film ourselves snapping at the camera with no context and send it to him on Instagram. Just send it to the players on every social media, just staring into the camera, just snapping like this. And they'll be like, what the hell is this? T-shirts, <laughs> just awkwardly staring at them. Either one, we'll, we'll, we'll have a poll for that. Uh, hey, look, all I'll say, guys, is Aaron's talking about the quarterback position, everything we talked about last week with Chess and the Queen. It's not wrong. I did best bets last week. What I base it on, Penix and Daniels. Who ends up in the slicks? Penix and Daniels. Love the Huskies being good. I hope they can keep this up. Yep. Uh, all right. Daniel Bash saying it's snapping time greater than it's Morbin time. Ah, oh, God. Morbius. Maybe one day we'll do like a bit of a nerd snapcast and get into some of these other things that I love to talk about. Uh, Aaron Murray, my radio show is done. You still have a radio show. So yep. you have a hell of a show. Uh, huge thank you to our wonderful producer, Ryan Brumley. Huge thank you to the Volume Sports YouTube Brumley. channel. Like Huge thank you to Papa Colin, Cowherd. Huge thank you to FanDuel for putting this on, promo code SNAPS. And uh, most of all, huge, massive thank you to Kirby's Visor, J-Way Trucking, Bilbo Baggins, Parker Horton, Clint Moss, Nine Rap Fred, Brian Scott, uh, SS Austin, Hootie, everybody who's been hanging out with us here today. Look, we love doing this. We want to grow this thing. So um, help us out by just telling your friends about it uh rate and review it on the podcast apps that always really helps subscribing to the podcast apps and uh we'll be back every single day remember monday to thursday 2 p.m eastern 1 p.m central we do snaps after dark saturday night and we got a best bets video every friday thank you so much from two tiny handed kings we'll see you tomorrow on snaps nine and one eighth I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, 
Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.